Welcome to Malicious Mamas, a podcast dedicated to an all-female perspective on lore, legends, and the creatures of the insomnia-driven fears you have at 3am. I am your host, Nikki Mandiola. This week, we're traveling back in time in Mama's history. When I first started the show while I was living in Scotland, I didn't quite have everything worked out. I did the recordings for the first couple of episodes in one of the closets of my flat, which, oddly enough, didn't provide the best sound quality. I can't bring myself to take down the first episode, but I did manage to take down the second, which happens to be one of my favorites. So today, we come at this story a second time. Without further ado, let's get down to the business. This week's topic is La Llorona. La Llorona, or The Weeping Woman, is a tale whose origin spans from Latin America to the southwestern portion of the United States. There are many variations on how the legend began, but each version results in an apparition of a woman mourning the loss of her two drowned children who walks the banks of a river, crying out for them for all of eternity. In these tales, the woman can be referred to by several names, such as Sophia, Linda, Laura, and most commonly, Maria. Some claim that La Llorona has banshee-like qualities, dooming those who hear her cries to death. Instead of just general wailing, La Llorona has been known to call out these phrases, O hijos míos, donde están mis hijos, en avisto a mis hijos, which in English translate to, O my children, where are my children? Have you seen my children? Most sightings of this apparition claim she is wearing a tattered dress, often white, and is usually veiled. She has also been described as extremely thin. Also, each version of the legend is used as a warning by parents to their children. If you are out late at night and happen to see La Llorona by the river, run home as quick as you can. The weeping woman has been known to kidnap children, especially those who disobey their parents, in hopes of finding her own, and when she realizes you are not one of them, you are never heard from again. The following portion will now be multiple variations of the La Llorona origin legend. This first tale takes us back to the fall of the Aztec Empire. In the early 1500s, a beautiful girl named La Malinche was born to a noble Aztec family. The girl was eventually sold into slavery and became the interpreter for the Spanish conquistador Hernán Cortés. Cortés had been sent by the king and queen of Spain to conquer the Aztec Empire and claim it for their own. Cortés and La Malinche became lovers and she eventually bore him two twin boys. Soon after that, the king and queen became suspicious about Cortez's loyalty and the power he was gaining 
from all of his conquests. They demanded he return to Spain, and when he refused, the royalty developed a plan. They sent a beautiful Spanish woman to Cortes in order to seduce him to return to Spain. The woman succeeded, and Cortes informed La Malinche that he was to return to his home country, and he would be taking the boys with him. Devastated by this news, and also realizing the hand she played in helping Cortes massacre her people, La Malinche prayed to her gods for help. A god appeared before her and said, If you let him take your children, one of them will return and destroy your people. On the night before Cortez's departure, La Malinche escaped with the twins and was soon followed by guards. Cornered by what is now Mexico City Lake, La Malinche stabbed the children in their hearts and tossed them into the water. From that moment, and for ten years until her death, La Malinche would walk the banks of that lake, crying out for her children. In 1550, many years after her death, people began to cite the apparition of La Malinche by the lake, crying out for her boys, and renamed her La Llorona. This next version talks about a beautiful girl named Maria who is born to a peasant family in a humble village. Due to her beauty, she was sought after by men both rich and poor from the surrounding areas to her village. Maria loved this kind of attention and would don her best white gown when attending nightly parties in town in order to capture the men's hearts. This seemed to work, as Maria was soon wooed by a wealthy man who showered her with gifts and attention. After their marriage, she bore him two sons, and directly after that, the man began to change. He returned to his life of womanizing and alcohol, leaving Maria alone with the children for months on end. When he did return home, the man went out of his way to ignore his wife and showered love and attention on the boys instead. This planted the seed of resentment Maria began to have toward her children. Eventually, the man stopped returning home altogether. One evening, sometime later, Maria and her children were walking along the path beside a nearby river when a carriage approached. The man in the carriage was sitting beside an elegantly dressed woman, and when he spoke, Maria immediately recognized the man as her husband. He spoke only to his sons, completely ignoring Maria's presence once again, and after he drove off, she flew into a rage. Grabbing the children in her arms, she walked to the edge of a nearby river and threw them into its choppy waters. When she came to her senses, she was horrified with what she had done and ran downstream to save the boys. It was too late, however, and Maria was immediately overcome by grief. From this moment on, Maria mourned the loss of her sons day and night, refusing to eat and walking along the banks of the river, crying out for them. Due to her lack of food, 
Maria's body became almost skeletal, and she perished by the river from exhaustion. Not long after her death, people began to report seeing her ghost still crying out for her children. In this next origin story, we encounter Maria once again, except a little later in her life. This Maria already had two sons, raising them alone, but her beauty is still unmatched. She was courted by many men in the village who wanted her to attend nightly parties held in town. Maria had no qualms in accepting the offer to party, except for her children back home. Here, she either did one of two things. Maria would leave the boys at home, and eventually, through her neglect, they drowned in the river by the village. Another tale claimed that Maria offed her kids herself. The next version is perhaps the most unsettling so far. We find Maria again, except she already is head over heels for a rich nobleman. This Maria also has two sons from a previous marriage, and the nobleman refuses to be with her, claiming that he did not want to raise children that were not his own. In order to prove her devotion to her love, Maria drowns her children in the nearby river. When the nobleman learns what she has done, he rejects her. Overcome by grief from her actions and rejection, Maria kills herself. When she reaches the gates of heaven, she is unable to enter without her children. Maria is then doomed to walk for all of eternity, searching for her lost children. This last tale will possibly provide you some sympathy for our old pal Maria. In this, she marries a peasant man, and together they are too poor to afford to have any children. This does not stop Maria from getting pregnant, and with this knowledge, her husband becomes enraged. After giving birth, the man takes the child from Maria, who is still too weak from the ordeal, and throws the baby into a nearby river. This continues to happen for many more births, and in an attempt to save one of the babies, Maria chases after him and jumps into the rushing river. Both she and the baby drowned. There you have it, the many origin stories of this literal mama. Now, I have found some stories about sightings of La Llorona and think two of them are particularly interesting. It was the early 1930s in Santa Fe, Mexico, and a man named Patricio Luan was sitting with his family on the veranda of his home in the late afternoon. After the family talked for a while, they eventually noticed what they described as a tall, thin woman dressed in a white gown not far from their home. The family watched as she began to walk down to a river in sight and seemed to float right over to the other side, go up a hill, and disappear. Right after, they claimed to see her reappear about 500 yards from the home and vanish again. With this, the family rushed to her last location, only to find no footprints. 
It was then they realized they saw La Llorona. This next sighting is a bit of a cautionary tale. Epifiano was a boy who constantly argued with his parents. One day, he and his two brothers, Carlos and Augustine, decided to take their family's farm cart down the old Santa Fe Trail toward town. Epifiano and Carlos rode in the front, while Augustine was in the back of the cart. Sometime down the trail, Epifiano and Carlos began to feel a presence sitting between them. It was then they turned to see what they described as a ghostly woman wearing a black veil and silver earrings. Although frightened, the boys each took turns trying to speak to the woman, but she remained silent, staring directly ahead. Finally, moments before reaching town, the woman looked at Epifiano and said, I will visit with you again when you argue with your mother. And she vanished. I'm pretty certain that was enough to keep him from picking fights with his parents again. On that note, let's conclude this episode. If you have any suggestions on mamas you'd like me to cover or a spooky tale to share, please send an email to maliciousmamas at gmail.com. If you're looking for more mamas in your life, follow Malicious Mamas on both Instagram and Twitter. Also, if you could rate, comment, and subscribe to Malicious Mamas on your favorite podcast app, it would really help to get the show out there, and I would greatly appreciate the feedback. Until next time, keep it real, mamas. <laughs>